Please be advised sensitive subjects are covered in this podcast. If you're affected by the following, please contact the links in the description. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome to episode 10 of The Rock Off with me and Stephen. And today we're joined by John, Joe and Matty. Thank you for having us. First, obviously. Best traveling reserve in uh, Leicestershire. Best traveling reserve. Um, how are you two boys? We're good, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, not not a lot to really tell you. Um, Literally nothing, is there? That's the last uh, the last year, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? Obviously, you two study together, do most things together, shower together. Um, what? What? Like what? What's what are you doing at the minute with like? education-wise? So, <clears throat> at the moment, me and Matt are pretty much um, just focusing on our dissertations at the moment. Uh, obviously, now, with, with lockdown, we weren't able to gather any data, so we're actually doing a literature review, uh, a 6,000-word lit review, on top of two other assignments. So, that's all pretty fun, uh, <laughs> as fun as a dissertation can be. Um, yeah. What's yours on? Mine, um, so mine's on the effects of the front squat versus the back squat on lower body power. Nice. Have you, obviously, I see a lot of the video part of your lifting. Um, is that some, is that something you want to go into the future, like, like do in the gym, like PT wise or something in the gym? Yeah. So you get like a personal trainer, which obviously Matt is aspiring to be, and Matt's obviously gone leaps and bounds with with that. At, his age and I've I've kind of sort of followed that path with kind of getting my personal training qualifications as well as maybe looking at a strength and conditioning coach so that's basically like just about personal trainer really sorry to, uh, sorry to step on your toes Matt uh, Matty what's, yeah. what's your uh, distinction on? Uh, it's on I'm looking at eccentric resistance training in sort yeah. of and then the effects of fatigue that it has. Um, but like John just, I, I, um, I all planned out. I was going to do a six six week block um, with the with the Brooksby, the college lads, and uh, do have um, two groups: one doing eccentric, one doing uh, traditional uh, resistance training. And then um, I was going to see how their strength um, improved um, and see how the effects on fatigue that it had. But, Due to COVID, uh, we weren't able to get data. So again, it's gone to a literature review, which has made, in my opinion, it's probably made it more difficult. Um, yeah. Especially trying to get the words together. Um, but you know, you, you move. You have to. You still have to get it done. So, yeah. So for people, obviously, not like Elliot, who's massive, loves the gym, loves lifting, don't you, Elliot? Yeah. Do it every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, for someone like me and for like just the norms who don't really go to the gym, can you explain like a, what a eccentric resistant training is yeah. compared to traditional? Yeah, yeah. So eccentric is looking at sort of uh, more time and attention when you're lengthening the muscle. So, for example, if I'm doing a bicep curl, so that would be concentric, but then but then the lowering phase would be eccentric. So I'm lengthening my muscle. Um, and what we, what I was planning on sort of doing is having 
um, sort of a, a three-second eccentric uh, lowering, um, which which would really stress stress the muscle on that lengthening phase. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's it really. Yeah. Um, so obviously you've been at Brooksby for how long now? Four? Is this your fourth year or fifth year? Or this is my, uh, this is my uh, third year at Brooksby. Obviously, Matt, you've been there since you were pretty much born. Yeah, this is, my, this is my fifth year, mate. Because obviously I was yeah, that, in college. Um, yeah. yeah. That was the same as me at Loughborough. I was there for like five years. Is that the same with you, Elliot? Have you been there a long time at Loughborough? Yeah, five. This is my sixth year, I think. We were, us three, we really need to get a laugh, don't we? Mm. <laughs> obviously, I'll, I'll finish. I can say what I want. Matty's like, oh, I love the place. I don't mind Brooksby. Brooksby's Brooks all right, but I'm looking forward to uh, the summer and getting out there. That's for sure. What is your plan for the summer? Um, have fun. Just, yeah, what, what, what have you got? You got anything booked? You got any, you going away or? Uh, well, me and my missus have been a bit sort of cautious about booking anything away at the moment, especially abroad. We just, you just can't really, uh, you don't really know, do you? But we 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 definitely want to go to like a lodge or somewhere in, in England um, over summer. I feel like because you because know, you're sort of booking that and you you sort of knowing that that will go ahead so uh maybe pull the ring or no no not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> student loan tomorrow Matt. hey student loan tomorrow yeah thank god <laughs> john joe what have, what have you got booked for the summer anything big again pr pretty much the same as matt nothing really because i think uh this one thing i've been talking to quite a few people about like I don't kind of want to get my hopes up for something that might not happen kind of thing. So yeah. at the moment, I'm not looking at anything, but um, I know for my 21st, me and, uh, me and my girlfriend, we're going away with with her family on a little like family campus thing. I know they do that pretty much every year and I was a lucky one to be invited. So obviously this is a bit like, we're going to go into like the main topic of the podcast like in a minute, which is about mental health. And Elliot's going to talk us through his story, but just taking it back with, you two, obviously, you but you both playing rugby. John, are you still playing rugby, aren't you? Yep. Maybe. Just take take us back to like little Matty and little John Joe rocking up for the first session. Like, what? How did that go? Like, why did it come about and stuff? You go first, Matt. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So um, I was so when when I started rugby. Yeah. Yeah. I started. You I was, like yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Not a mare, ain't I? Not a mare. Um, um, so I started when I was 13. So I, I played football um, sort of growing up. But family was big, big Tigers supporters. And I started going down to the Tigers when I was about four years old. Um, so I was a season ticket um, for many years down there. And and, it, and I got, I think I got to about 12, 13. And I thought, and I started to really get involved with the Tigers, sort of watching it, travelling um, to games and stuff. And... And that's when I sort of was like, yeah, that's uh, make the transition over and never looked back since. And then obviously we went, we played Leicestershire in the 20s together. I was quite a late comer into that. So obviously I didn't know many people. I knew roughly of people, but I didn't know many. And I actually think for the time we were there, I actually had one of like, the best times. I think it doesn't matter really about like the playing bit, but just like, like the off field, like the social, as long as that's right. there, that, that's what makes like a really good team. And I think that's why we were so quite close to the team for the year. I think I think that's why we were so successful as well that year. You know, yeah, we we had that 
a bond. You know, obviously we were just talking before before we we started recording, but how we made it to semi final and you know we, we lost out then, but that was a great achievement um, in comparison to previous years that Leicester have done. Um, I think that was the best best we've achieved. I want to say, yeah, I don't well, know whether that's true. I think that's true. Um, you you look at stuff, don't you? Like I don't. Like, I think we'll all say we probably weren't all the best people in the position at our age over like the country, but I think just because we were that tight, I think it just works well. Massively, massively, massively. The, the, like I said, the, the, the group was so tight then. Um, and that's why, that's why we were successful. And then, obviously, now, Matty, you're play, playing. Who are you playing for now? And what's like the season? What's going to happen with the season? Like with the league and all that? What's your aspirations and stuff? Yeah, so I'm still at, still at Sarston. Um, so, um, obviously, I hope, I, like all of us, we, we ain't played since... Oh, it's over a year now. Um, but we're we're actually going back to training um, this coming Thursday, so that'll be good. Um, get the boots, dust them off, um, get back out on get back out on the uh, on the training paddock. But um, yeah, we've got we've got a couple of preseason friendlies already lined up. Got an away fixture down at Harrogate. Down up, I'm not too too sure. I'm, Geographics, um, but uh, yeah, so, so they're national two team, so that's going to be uh, that's going to be a real good, real good tester for us. And then we're going on, um, so we're going out after, um, so it'll be a nice, nice sort of social as well. Um, and then heading into the season, into uh, we're going, we'll be in mid prem. So, um, so yeah, really look forward to that. Uh, I feel like we've got a tight. What's that, sir? No, no, no. Um, I feel, sorry. Um, I feel like yeah, we've got we've got a real tight tight group going into the season now. Um, I don't think we've lost many players, fortunately, because of COVID. Um, if anything, we we've probably gained. So, yeah, we're we're, we're hopefully well, we are looking really strong going into new season. Um, so yeah. So John Joe, going back to you, obviously, I'd imagine you had a beard when you were five years old. <laughs> Came out with a beard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how long have you been playing? before and like who for and like <clears throat> how did your like rugby career start and how, where's it at now? Again pretty similar to uh, Matt I used to used to play football but my family were pretty pretty big rugby family uh, dad he played when he was in school unfortunately dislocated his knee and had to stop playing um, sister she actually played for uh, Jimmy's Angels the uh, ladies team then got projected to play I think East Midlands and was going to go higher than that, but then uh, fractured a disc in her spine. So that's that put her out of playing. Um, so as a kid, I, I did play tag rugby, but I think uh, I think I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have been now. So I went and played football for a bit. And then when I got to school, um, kind of trialled out for the football team. And one of the teachers basically went, you're too big. <laughs> go and play rugby, basically. So I started out playing for the like school rugby team, going to the after school rugby club and this and that. And uh, then I started looking at local clubs. So my local clubs were probably Belgrave, uh, South Leicester, Wigs, and all those uh, those clubs. And I ended up picking Wigs. Uh, been there now for going on eight years, eight years now. I'd say stayed loyal there. Um, Probably not as successful as I've wanted to be because obviously I've I've changed position quite a lot. I mean, when we were at County, I was in the back row. 
and then just before COVID, I'd moved my way up to the front row. So a bigger, so it was a big change. But I, I was really enjoying playing uh, playing loose head. To be fair, um, get a bit of stick in the front row as you do. So it's uh, so it's good fun. But um, whether I go back playing, I'm not sure. Uh, that's one thing I, I'm still thinking about. Uh, whether that might be a club change or sticking with the club and seeing what time I've got on my hands because obviously with being a I'm sure you can relate to this stick being um being a postgrad student oh all okay. oh, right yeah I was going to say that yeah <laughs> yeah being yeah but finding a job as a postgrad is quite a hard thing to do I'd say so it's just seeing what my schedule is like really especially in our um, like our industry with sport. But any other job, office jobs, you work Monday to Friday, eight till five. With ours, it's like Monday to Sunday, seven till seven, pretty much never stop. So competitive uh, as well. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of people out there, especially if you, Matty, with your PT. You, you've, you've got to find a way of being unique, I guess. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. So, like, what, like, how are you going to make sure like you stand out in, like, from the crowd when you do your PT? Because I assume, you, are you looking for clients or have you got clients on board or...? No, so I, I sort of, I want to go down the employee route initially um, to sort of get my foot in the door, learn my ropes, learn the ropes. And, uh, but I feel like, obviously, I've got level two, level three PT. But all personal trainers have got, got them qualifications. And I feel like with having the sports science degree on top of that, I feel like that would, well, hopefully, um, separate me from from others um but yeah like i said i want to go down sort of the employed route from summer um sort of get my foot in the door and then build my clientele up to hopefully go self-employed whether that's a couple of years down the line or whenever um but yeah you um well when we when we upload this we'll link your instagram page because obviously you've got some decent workouts that people can follow um because I've, I've actually been following a few because they're actually quite useful Especially how you do stuff with people who have a gym and people who don't have a gym. So I guess you you kind of cater for all, which is yeah. good. Um, so moving on, Elliot, do you want to talk about um, before we go on to the mental health part? Should we just talk about that podcast a bit? Yeah, um, yeah. If you, you you just want to take the reins and then just talk about the podcast a bit. Yeah. So. Um... Sorry, I thought you meant it. My bad, Elliot. No, no, no. Elliot, Elliot will I just ask you some like, stuff about it? Yeah, so how did it all start? How did your guys come together and kick it off, really? Yeah, so it all started, basically. It's it's not really probably how we wanted it to start, but um, in one of our modules, we actually were assigned to a complete 100 hours of uh, industry experience. Um, and I mean, Matt, we were both placed with uh, the Leicester Tigers team at Brooksby doing kind of general strength and conditioning and coaching and stuff there. Uh, and then the lockdown hit, college closed. Um, and we, well, kind of how David approached us, David, one of our lecturers, and he essentially just said, I think it'd be wise for some of you to start a podcast. So me, Matt, and then uh, three other lads took it upon ourselves to basically start this podcast. Uh, how we all came together was obviously just being general classmates. I think uh, I think Matt can quote me on this about how weird it was kind of doing stuff away from the rugby lads. Like the other three lads all played football at Brooksby. Um, 
so it was, was, it was kind of an even mix. Yeah, I think I think that brought a good balance though to it as well. You know, because obviously you got the rugby side of stuff, but then you got the football side of stuff as well. Um, a bit like a bit like your you two. You know, you got the the playing side and the refing side, which I think is brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. Podcast. I, like me and Elliot are on our tenancy, and it still just feels really weird. If that makes sense, like we're talking to a screen, and we obviously know there's people watching and listening behind this. But they're not here in life, so we're just talking to you, and it's still one of those you got to get comfortable for. And we were just saying, just I think you've just got to act as normal as possible, really. You've got to be yourself, otherwise, people do, don't really get it, worried, if that makes sense. Absolutely, no, 100% agree with that. I think, uh, I think one thing we found quite difficult was obviously doing it with the cameras up as well, it was just our voices. I think that's one way that you can't really express yourself by having your camera off. Like, I think there's a lot more interaction with people having their cameras on like it's something silly and I mean I know you can hear when someone laughs but there's a big difference in when you hear someone laugh and when you see someone laugh or when you see someone smiling and that's kind of things you don't see when you've not got a camera on so it kind of gives it that like authentic kind of feeling which is, which is one of the things from watching uh, your lads podcast I've really enjoyed yeah, well it, I, I, think, I think yeah I think it comes down to like being Elliot with both I'm, well, we know we have some talks about this, but post like this, we'd like to be able to meet up and do it in person because obviously, all in person you can talk, you can bounce people. When we're doing like when we're doing this, you speak. You've got to wait a second for someone to hear. You're not sure if they've heard, then you both speak, and then it's like <laughs> just becomes like a massive model. So I think Elliot, Elliot will back me. I think we've talked about potentially doing it like in the same room, getting some like mic sorted, and then just filming it, just so it's feels a bit more like obviously. We, we like the fact that there's a lot of, there's a lot of podcasts out there what we do what we do but we kind of bring like a new fresh idea obviously mm. what Matty said about being players and referees and then yeah um, yeah we we try and get people like yourself and like from this type of like the grassroots and like semi-professional era instead of just yeah. listening to professional voices obviously there's a lot different there's a lot more probably interesting stories in ours because obviously people work and then have to play and then probably more physically demanding I guess um, so we'll, we'll kind of move on from your podcast. Obviously, the main aim of this podcast is to talk about a bit about mental health. And um, obviously, to one of you two just want to talk about like how it affects you or just how it... Because obviously, you, you do a lot about it, how it affects you, how it affects everyone, and how like rugby can really help that, I guess, before we talk to Elliot. I think, uh, I think Matt's got some good information on how exercise actually helps uh, with mental health. Well, yeah, but in terms of how uh, it affects me, my biggest thing is anxiety. Um, I suffer with a lot of anxiety and sort of day in and day out. Um, and I guess I guess rugby helps in a way that you sort of... Uh, we've all experienced the environment of being in rugby, and obviously, like, like we spoke about with the Leicestershire lads, tight bunch, um, and... It's hard to explain, really. Like, obviously, um, tight bunch lads and stuff, and you know, you want to turn up, you want to see them, you want to, you know, have a drink with them, stay after the game and stuff. But obviously, during this lockdown, taking that away, um, you don't really have that interaction. Uh, so, yeah, for me, for me, it's anxiety. I struggle. I mean, sometimes I just kind of sort of wrap myself up in a ball bed and I'll get up if I've got something like the day or a couple of days 
Um, but, but I think, I think the biggest thing is that you've got, you've got to try and just get moving. You've got to try and just trick your mind and try and keep it occupied and not sort of think about um, what you're worrying about, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that's what, I mean, that's what rugby um, helped with. But obviously we've not been able to play for the last year. It's been, I mean, it's been tough for everyone. Let's, let's be honest. And everyone's suffered. Yeah. Um, but it's been, it's been so, so different. Um, but I don't I think, know if you that, John. I was just going to say, yeah. I think it, I think it comes down to it's like it's just it is okay not to be okay so you, everyone will have those days of not feeling okay and that's still okay but yeah I think yeah George has currently got at the top um, but I think it's just so important I don't know if anyone knows the statistics you two might but I think it's just really important that I know it affects everyone but like men around our age mm. just talk out like we've got to talk to each other because obviously you can look at like luckily for me I don't really get affected by much but I'm probably, John Joe probably back. I'm always quite a happy guy. And even with like really happy guys, they can still be like affected. And that's what the mm. scary thing is. So if we don't talk, you don't really know. So John Joe, have you got anything really to add to that? Or? I was going to add on more of what you said, especially about a group of young lads like us being able to have these conversations. And sometimes it can be daunting sitting in a group of, especially lads, and speaking about your own mental health issues, but I think it's just about being comfortable with yourself and the people around you, because I think it's one of the, one, one of the things I said in our first podcast, uh, that's me and Matt, um, about the, it's the people that are around you that probably affect you a bit more than yourself as well, because if, you, if you've got people who you can kind of see they're taking the mick a little bit or not taking it as seriously as they should be, it kind of puts you on a bit of a dampener as well. So it's about being comfortable around the, around the people you want to be with and being able to open up about these things. I think that's a massive thing. And just to reiterate, with such young lads like us, I think, I think it's great that we've got this opportunity to do this. Yeah, I'd agree. And obviously, when I talk to Elliot, obviously Elliot's got like a really interesting and quite like powerful story, really. Um, obviously, first, for the people who are Leave out all the relevant numbers that you need to contact if if this does affect you. Obviously, Elliot's story might affect people in a different way if you've been through similar stuff. So, if you are ready to listen to it, please listen. And if you don't really listen, I guess so. Elliot, if you just want to crack on really with your story and then we'll intervene when we need to. Yeah. So it sort of all started when I was younger. Um, I was always like worried and scared of the unknown and I began having like panic attacks and stuff um, and then from there um, as I grew up uh, it sort of spanned out further and further to other things so it wasn't just the unknown it was um, like at school it was to do with grades or have I done my homework you know it doesn't meet the standard um, you know checking over over and over restarting it that sort of thing and then obviously GCSEs came around so we was doing a lot more tests and exams and you know trying to cram every subject's revision in and you know worrying about them and to be fair I think around the GCSE time is when it sort of became more prominent um, to the point where 
during a history exam, I had a panic attack in the middle of the sports hall. And you can imagine like it being full of seats and, you know, students doing their exams. And so I had to walk out. Um, and then I didn't carry on with that exam. So, um, but then from then onwards, I was put into a smaller room um, with people with the same sort of um, sort of condition and dyslexia and that sort of thing. Um, and given sort of like 15 minutes extra time because um, at, at GCSE time I was worrying and stressing quite a lot which meant you know I couldn't concentrate and stuff like that um, and then from there I was going on to my A-levels so I went on sixth form um, and again it was quite exam prominent again so and that was really stressing me out because with sixth form there's a lot more exams, you know, it's tougher, it's a step up. Um, and then, yeah, it just got too much. So then I decided to come out um, from sixth form and go to college and just do coursework instead of exams, um, which again was better for me. Um, and I did that for, I did that for two years, two year course at Loughborough College. Um, but again, the stress of, you know, coursework and deadlines and stuff like that so again I had extra time to sort of support that um, and then I went on to do my HND HNC and now I'm on my last year of the top up to make it into a full degree um, and obviously now I'm having sort of the same sort of issues because I'm having got a lot of assignments presentations reports and then obviously got my dissertation as well um, but yeah and then uh, in about, I think it was like 2018, 2019, um, was coming to the end of the refereeing season. Um, and I finished, I think it was a women's match, women's semi-final for the cup or something. Um, and it was, I was getting ready for the seven season. Um, and a few days later, I, I, I just crashed. I was, I got sent home from work. Um, yeah, I got sent home from work and I just couldn't leave my bedroom. Uh, I was confined in there. If I even came out of bedroom, I was so anxious. You know, I felt my heart was coming out my chest. Uh, and, you know, I tried loads of different therapies and stuff like that, but it just wasn't working. I didn't want to go on to medication, but eventually I did. Um, and then that got upped to uh, over time. Um, and then a few years, few years down the line, about two years, I, um, you know, a year, year passed. Um, I started a hypnotherapy um, and I did about three sessions of that over a course of uh, a year. And uh, then it helped me to begin to do the first step. So simple things that we would take for granted, like going to the shop, um, you know, it's just literally baby steps again, getting into normal life. So just going for a walk, um, going to the, like a shopping center, you know, being at heights and stuff like that. It was all big. And then going to restaurants and stuff like that. And that obviously I started building on that and yeah, just kept making progress and progress. Um, currently still on medication, but you know, that's really helped me a lot. And the anxiety and stuff's uh, reducing a lot at the moment, but I'm still having my troubles um, as I did with referee in terms of my body image and obviously not doing training and stuff because the anxiety and sort of physical exercise, that combination of fast heart rate and stuff, 
Um, I've sort of had to put that on hold and I'm gaining weight. Uh, I don't like it. So obviously that's adding to it. But yeah, at the moment I'm doing really well. Um, but just want to get this year done with and then hopefully focus on myself um, a bit more and then hopefully join the police and get back into refereeing. Um, obviously me being obviously not having really like much of an understanding when you had your like panic attack in your exam like what happened like what happened to you so that day even the morning I got my papers out and I was going over it and over and over I was like I don't know I was just thinking about everything I was like this was the first time being the sports hall out of the all exams I had um and I've never had an exam in the sports hall before um so I got in there obviously the whole procedure of putting your bags to the side and listening to the tape you know um and then when it said begin just hearing everyone's papers open and then just looking down just sort of all the words sort of just started to move and then I just felt my body go into like overdrive and I just felt like I can't do this so I just raised my hand they came over and obviously you know leaving everyone's looking like God, why is he leaving and I had a few people ask me why afterwards and so I told them but um yeah yeah it was it was quite a stressful stressful situation but you know in a way it helped me because I knew I had, just had to have that extra time I had to have that bit more of comfort than um to sort of ease the anxiety that I had around that time yeah did, did you like um were you quite open with your like troubles? Because I feel like with us two, uh, we obviously we don't know each other that well, but we're always talking on like the phone. And like we we always say to each other, if you've got any problems, just message each other. And we, we're quite good at that, really. Were you quite open with like your mates or like did you talk out about your troubles or not? Um, to begin with, no. Um, I think I became quite distant um, in a sense. Um especially around school and stuff because obviously people see you're not in the exam room so did you do your exam I get loads of questions all the time during the school and stuff um but I sort of just sort of try, just try to wave it off a bit um but over time obviously going out places and stuff I had to just say this is a little bit too much for me um I might leave it for today you know those sort of things and after a while I just said yeah this is this is sort of my story this is the troubles I'm having with at the moment and I think that was a good step for me because I felt that people were much more understanding um and yeah it took time but yeah they became very supportive afterwards I, I don't know about you John Dramatic but I think it, that pretty much sums it up when Ellie goes at the end it was that this this is me this is my story I think yeah. you've just got to. I think you've just got to own it, haven't you? Really, and you've just got to be honest with yourself, not honest with the people. But I know it's hard. Have you two got anything to add? Or um, how did lockdown affect you, Elliot? A lot. Did did it did it almost help you in a way? Because there wasn't them things to like go to the restaurant or you know what I mean. Did it help you at all? Um, I suppose at the time I was at a point where I was trying to progress more, so. I was trying, you know, going different places for a certain amount of time, you know, um, sort of like going to shopping centres and stuff. So it sort of, I felt like at a time it did hinder, but 
um, especially beginning of this year and well for most of the year really we've had to go online um, um, in terms of like union stuff so um, and I felt that sort of learning from home and not having to be in that confined environment that because I took a gap year after my first two years um, in order to get myself we I agreed from the lecturers that I need that time to get um, myself into a better place so I took a year out and then this year I was a bit panicky because again I was going back into a new environment um, but yeah I was there but again it was it's like starting again really um, and so yeah so I'm quite grateful that we were able to go online and sort of learn from home where I'm comfortable and still able to complete the course but so I guess in a way it's helped but also hindered progress so it's a bit of both really yeah yeah Anything from you, John? I, I just wanted to say, like, like you said, Stig, having that story and being able to kind of own it is kind of your thing. And I think it, it's credit to yourself for being able to talk about that kind of thing because I understand how hard it is to come out and speak about certain kinds of things, especially with certain kinds of people. And it's almost like a complete weight's been lifted off your shoulders. So I think it's an absolute credit to you for being able to obviously come onto a platform like this and come and speak about these kinds of things because it's it's just a big brave thing to do and I, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think anyone can fault you for anything that you've done and how you coping, Elliot. To be honest, yeah, I, I'd, I'd I'd agree, but I think if we can just help one person, I just talk about it or just like just realise like just through listening to this I think that's pretty much all we really need to take from this episode uh, like uh, it's just especially with like we go about especially in like the ages obviously with suicide being such a like a high rate of men and you're hearing it so often now that uh, seems it seems like it's quite common now which is so sad especially you read a lot on like social media about the put photos sort of like behind is like like the smile and it's it's quite sad really isn't it mm. I think especially um, the, sorry I was gonna say especially with the lockdown I mean the gym that uh the gym that I go to warehouse gym they had two members unfortunately uh unfortunately take their own lives and warehouse gym actually took it upon themselves to start their own um mental health campaign called the well-being warehouse which was like a series of online kind of uh talks and podcasts and stuff to try and help these people that were maybe I'm um, struggling from home yeah and obviously I've not talked to Ellie about this but um personally I'd like to do some form of like a either like a walk or something like to, towards like a charity which focuses on because I know that there's like we, we've talked a bit with blokes and we Elliot on Instagram and we'd like yeah. to do some bits with them there's some like smaller charities that focus on like, mental health we'd yeah. like to really maybe do some like fundraising or something because obviously it's quite close to like our podcast with obviously Elliot's story so obviously we'll try and get that sorted when we can um but I think we pretty much wrapped everything up for this episode all happy yet so obviously it's a bit a bit, a bit of a more serious episode compared to normal but I think it's a useful one I think that's why we saved it for episode 10 um obviously thank thank you boys for coming on thanks for having us yeah, just helping Elliot just come out and like tell his story and um, yeah. So from me and Elliot, 
and John Dramati. Just, yeah, look in the description. We'll leave all like the relevant links to all the things that you need to go and look at if you are, tr- if you are struggling. But from us, I think that's it. Cheers for listening. Thank you.